Hello, HVSA familia. Welcome back to HVSA on the mic, third episode. For today's episode, we're going to be talking about the transition to university coming from a community college. And for the third episode of today's podcast, we have a special guest, Valerie Ramirez, HVSA's president. Everybody, I'm really excited to be on the podcast. <laughs> we did do a podcast, but it was never aired. And so, uh, yeah, but now I'm here and I'm really excited. Okay, so do you want to introduce yourself first before starting on to the podcast? Yes, so I'm obviously Valerie Ramirez. I'm president of HVSA. I am a transfer student, so I did transfer from Arizona Western College to ASU. I'm a senior studying marketing, and yeah, that's about it. Well, that's great. Thank you. Uh, thank you for coming on the podcast, Val. <laughs> it's, uh, it's nice to see another, another senior on the show. Uh, every time I talk, I feel so old, but um, yeah, obviously, as you said earlier, you're a president, and so a lot of us look up to you. Um, you mentioned that you went to a community college uh, in Arizona prior to coming to ASU. To anyone listening to this who's kind of going through the same thing, um, what could you tell us about your experience doing that and transitioning into ASU? Yeah, so I would say my transition wasn't easy. It was a lot harder than I expected, only because there isn't a lot of representation of transfer students. So every time mm -hmm. I reached out for help, it was never like, oh, well, I was here as a freshman, I don't know, or transfer credits. And when I would go to my advisor, it was always a big mess. Or financial aid, they just did not really understand like my stuff from my community college. And I just always felt like the university was like, to me, was against me because wow. everything that I did, it was like a building like block in front of me. It's like, I tried getting this. No, I tried getting more money. No, like I tried um, making friends. It was just like, no, 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 no. You know, and it was just like, oh my God. Um, so it wasn't really easy. And then when I transferred, that was the same semester as COVID. So can you imagine just oh, like, yeah. it's like, no, no, no. <laughs> Boom, a big pandemic hits you. Well, I gotta go back, <laughs> you know? So did you start HBSA when COVID first hit your first semester here? Yes, I did. I tried out three different other clubs before I joined HBSA. And ultimately it went back to the familia part and just feeling, you know, a home away from home. Cause I was one of the big things that I was suffering with was just like homesickness and just being there with like the e-board, they made me feel so welcome. And it just felt like I was in the right spot, you know? And then I was only there for two months and then COVID hit and we all went online. Wow, that's really tough. I know a lot of us share that same sentiment, especially when COVID hit, how lonely it can be, even just being a freshman or, or you know, it being your first year, it's definitely, it definitely can be tough meeting people, but 
HPSA has definitely made it a very uh, welcoming and open place. Yeah. Uh, Valerie, oh, sorry, Caitlin, go ahead. <laughs> so sorry. I was just going to say that I was a freshman, like, for 2020. So basically, like, right after COVID had hit. So it's kind of similar, like, going into that new space and not knowing anybody. And then you're also in a pandemic. It's like, oh, I literally didn't know where to turn to. Like, it's just so difficult finding your community. And that's, I think, why I stuck with HBSA, just because I was immediately like, oh, like, these are people I like and really value versus like everywhere else. It just feels kind of lost, I guess. There wasn't much. And then I would like to add other, you know, groups here at ASG or clubs. It They just don't understand the difficulty of being first gen or having Hispanic parents. Or even when I told them I was a transfer, they just looked at me kind of funny because they're like, oh, you're not here from freshman like you don't have this every person I talk to is super intimidating like oh well I already studied abroad I have two certificates I'm like double majoring and I have this internship and it just made me always feel less because I was just fresh out of like community college having nothing under my belt but at the same time I learned to realize that I didn't have those type of opportunities so I shouldn't feel like so hard on myself you know but yeah, it was, oh sorry speaking yeah. on that but especially when you like compare yourself every time I go on LinkedIn I'm like wow <laughs> I am not doing nearly as much as everybody else but then I have to like I'm like these people shout out to them props to them for doing everything that they've done but they've really had different opportunities presented to them and while I have to go out of my way to find them not to minimize their work or anything, but it's easy to fall into this pit of like despair of being like, oh, I need to do more. Other people are doing more than me. So I, I get that aspect too. No, I yeah. I think also that kind of like you, what you said about other clubs and other people, but I remember before joining HBSA, I was in a different club and the environment in it was so like competitive and people would do things to kind of almost slight you. Uh, so that they would, you know, progress and that would kind of just, it would just kind of be a, a very strange environment. And what's the name of the club? Tell us. I'm scared. Say their name. But it's just, I mean, I can't, you know, I can't even really blame them because that is how, I guess, business in the industry will be. But for a student organization, uh, I don't know. It was just very uh eye-opening but when i joined hbsa it wasn't quite like that so i've really enjoyed my my time here i've definitely had like such a similar experience because i feel like everybody or in other organizations it's just like you are competition like everybody's kind of looking at each other and sizing each other up and that's kind of like the first thing before being like oh let's be friends and i never felt that in hbsa it was more just like do I get along with this person, blah, blah, blah. And then what they're doing like professionally is more of an afterthought than like who I think of them as, as a person. So, no, I mean, yeah, ahead, sorry, no, you're good. No, and when you find out what they're doing professionally, you kind of want to cheer them on because you've grown to like yeah. them as a person. So it doesn't even, it never even feels competitive when you hear about what other people are doing within HBSI. Exactly. And I think it's also because you know that if you were to reach out to them about it, they would help you. 
and they would, you know, you can ask them for advice. If there's an opportunity that you see them do that maybe you want to do or something like that, they will help you. And like, it kind of goes both ways. It's very like mutually helpful. Or even right now that we are on, on elections, and I remember when I went in and run for, for the e-board for my first time, I reached out to you, Kaden, because I didn't even know mm -hmm. Kaden, and I was trying to um, run for her position. So I remember I reached, I reached out to her, and I didn't even know her. So she was really, like, nice, and she was like, oh, so this was my speech. Um, this is what you can do. This is, um, um, you'll, be, you'll be doing good on your, on your elections. I'm just like, just like, she gave me tips. So that's something I really appreciate about HBSA is that, like, they really encourage you to like do your best so they never turn you down or anything when it comes to elections or or anything like that which is like something that I really like yeah and to add on that I remember specifically I went up to this one president of a club because like it was just the first meeting and I waited myself in line to meet her super rude once I met her and then when I told her I was a transfer student it was just like, kind of like, oh, you're less than me. And it with HVSA, when I told them, oh, I'm a transfer student, it, they took me under their wing. They're like, oh my God, like, how are you doing? Let me show you this. And it's more like an uplifting environment. Like, let me help you find this internship. Have you looked into this resources? Because we understand each other because we don't know the resources that are available to us you know, because our parents don't know. That's so true. So true. Um, I wanted to ask you, Valerie, um, so I know you mentioned how you faced like a bunch of roadblocks on your way transferring from uh, a community college into ASU. So I wanted to say, did you have like any like positive moments during your transition? Like what's been your favorite part being a transfer student? Um, it definitely wasn't easy in the beginning because it was very discouraging. Um, but I guess now it's just seeing how I, I guess, transformed the way that transfer students are looked at. Because like I said before, I feel like there isn't a lot of representation. And I think my favorite thing about being a transfer student is just, like I said, being well known, HVSA, everywhere I go, like when I go into other organizations, because I'm also in PAB and SAA, and then my sorority, I always make sure that I'm like, tell them, oh, like I'm a transfer student. And it's like, not everybody, you know, whether that be um, if they don't feel encouraged or they just feel like they couldn't do it like anything they set their mind to, I feel like I overestimated myself where it's like, oh my God, I, I did that, you know? I set a good standard for transfer students in a sense. And I feel like that's one of my good moments. I think, um, you know, I think you did way more than set standards. I think you set the bar really high, Valerie, because the, what I've seen you done is just absolutely amazing. And I don't even see what you do behind the scenes of HBSA, but I see you at every event and I see you at every social and you're always taking care of people and you're always trying to help people. Uh, what, is, what is being president of an organization like HBSA been like? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, it's definitely a rewarding feeling for sure, because you know, at elections, these people trusted you 
and they feel like you're worth being their president. So I really take that to heart. So every time I am, you know, present, I do the behind the scenes. I work with my e-board. I make sure that I'm fulfilling the most that this organization can give for the last 48 years. And I don't want it to stop with me. You know, I've grown a lot of love for it because it did help me transition from community college to a university. And I feel like I know a lot of people that might be in my shoes or you never know what people could be going through. And sometimes even just an organization, whether that's just socials, meetings, or even seeing like the e-board or your HBSA friends, it can mean a, mean a lot. Like, cause like I said, you never really know what someone's going through because I was going through a lot during that time. And I could just really say that like the people really, really helped me and shaped how I went on about my life. I also wanted to ask you, Val, you mentioned um, you are involved in two other clubs and in your sorority. So what made you choose run for president, like to choose HBSA apart, like instead of running for president to your, um, for the other orgs? I would say loyalty because I was part of HBSA longer and I felt like I knew more the ins and outs of HBSA and how to run it, how it goes, more of the people. And overall, just the love of the organization that I have. Yes, I love the other orgs and my sorority, but at the end of the day, HBSA was always the first thing that came to me, you know? That was the first thing that I saw. It's the first org that helped me when I was going through my depressive state and COVID. So I just, I feel like I'm the, I'm a very loyal person, whether that comes to people, job, an org, you know, my schoolwork. I feel like I'm always going to be loyal to whoever helped me the most. Love that. Shreya says your favorite then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So it seems like you're juggling like a lot. You're involved in a bunch of different organizations. So like, how do you even manage your time? Because I know for a fact, I'd be like overwhelmed. So I guess, how do you like plan, I guess your day by day kind of thing? Yes, so fall semester was definitely a lot more jam packed and I wasn't even president, but I was vice president of marketing. But because the other organizations, <laughs> the other orgs, they're more busy fall. So I remember waking up like at six in the morning, getting ready. Sometimes I would have events at nine, especially homecoming. Like I did the flow. I had to be there at seven. I also did the tailgate. Like everything was jam packed. I, you know, football games, you name it. I was there. I would wake up at six and I would not come back home to my apartment until like 11. And I literally just slept in my apartment and go, go, go. It was literally go, go, go every single day. Yeah. But I'm one of those people like being busy helps my anxiety. <laughs> you know, I can't just be sitting there because it's like, oh my God, I had to do something. If I'm doing something more like every day, the more busy I am, it helps my anxiety. I feel like that's bad, but it helps me. That's true though. It happens to like, that happens to me as well. So like, cause whenever you are at your apartment, just like doing nothing, I feel like you have a lot of time to think. 
Which is like, nah, I might as well just alone with your thoughts. There's a night where I don't have homework and I'm like, I feel like I'm supposed to be doing something. It doesn't feel right that I have nothing to do right now. Yeah, like I'll feel like guilty about it almost. I'm just like, I need to like productivity, like please. It's scary. Even even when I'm like up to date with all the flyers and everything in HBS, I feel like I, I feel like I should be posting something today, but I, I don't have anything to post. But like, it just feels weird. I I, I don't know. Post a selfie. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> giving myself some clout. Yeah. It, it's definitely that like side hustle mentality that a lot of business people have like pushed onto the society, and I kind of don't like it. Like I get it, but sometimes it's not it doesn't help our mental health. <laughs> You're so right. That's like a whole discussion of like what's healthy. No, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's definitely easy to feel down about yourself when you're seeing these people online who are like, I just made like 50 grand in one day off of off of Bitcoin or NFTs or whatever it may be. And so I get it. I get it. But to answer your question, I religiously lived off of our HBSA pending calendar and my Google calendar. Like I had it, I had a screenshot, I had it on my favorites. I'm like, what am I doing today? I love that you brought up GCal. I love that you brought up Google Calendar because I live by mine. If I don't look at it every two seconds of my life, I will fall and crumble because I don't know what's coming next. Literally today, I went to the pool because I was like, oh my God, I have a little free time. And then I get my notification 10 minutes before from my Google Calendar that I had a meeting. So I got there almost in time, but it saved the day. Otherwise, I would have missed it completely. So, uh, so I guess no. just I guess a, uh, a question for everyone. Sorry, guys, but um, what's been your guys' favorite memory at ASU so far? Kind of broad question, but and we're keeping this business professional, right? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> When I saw that question, I was like, can or can I say? Being <laughs> like socials, because I love Uno. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Quote unquote socials. Yeah. Uno gave me socials. That's, that's how I, I got engaged to HBS. I was like, I love HBS. I'm just really into board games. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm staying here. This is my place. I mean, recently, it would have to be that I got pied by Dr. Crow. I feel oh like, God, yeah. Yeah. I feel like not everyone can say that, and I'm gonna stick by that. How did that happen? Like, did he, was he just like walking by and he was like, yeah, I'll pie you. Yeah, like we were getting pied and someone was like, oh my God, is that Dr. Crow? And he's like, oh, what up, guys? <laughs> And then he's like, what are you guys doing? And then we told him about our fundraiser, about Dia de los Niños, about refugee kids and how we're funding money for it. And he was like, oh my God, that's such a great cause. And I asked him, I was like, you don't have to donate, but if you can, that'll be great. But can you please pie me? <laughs> he was very hesitant because he was like, oh, I don't want this to become a meme. Or, 
Oh, that's right. Like, he was like, I'll just. Absolutely. He literally told him. It was like, I will give you guys the money. Just I don't want any pictures, you know. So it's fine. I will give you the money. And Belson was like, please just buy it. It was like. Don't yeah, take I guess he was. He didn't want to be end up. Uh, yeah. Okay. That didn't though, right? No. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, because there's a lot of mean potential though. <laughs> that yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just said, you know, president to president, Dr. Ko, can you please <laughs> me? It would just be for myself. And I was like, I promise it won't end up anywhere you don't want it to be. And then yeah, he was a good sport about it and he pied me. For <laughs> I have a question for you, yeah. just because you're saying like being president has been really rewarding. Is there anything that you didn't expect that you would be doing as president or something like that? You just didn't really know you would end up doing, but you are doing this semester. Coming from a future president of HBSA. Kate right. Stop. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> uh, ooh, that's a good question. Something I didn't expect. I feel like everyone I feel like every president will have a different answer, but the way I took my presidency is that I was very emotionally attentive because my e-board is really young and I wanted them to feel very heard, very seen. And I was very like on them, like, oh, like, hey, how are you doing? Like, just honestly being there, not only as their mentor and their president and being the head of you know the org, I was there as them as a friend, someone who cared for them. And I feel like that goes a lot more than just like being like, oh my gosh, she's scary. I don't want to talk to her. Because once your internal doesn't work, it's gonna like domino affect the whole org. So I really wanted our internal, you know, e-board to be strong. And I wanted them to feel comfortable with me to come to me at all times. And I didn't expect for them to always lean on me. And maybe I should have guessed it because they are freshmen and they don't know anything. You know, this is their first role, you know, which I understand. But every single day from when I first got the role, I got a text. Hey, Val, um, how do you do this? Hey, Val, how should I do this? And I loved, but I never expected it to be that much. But, you know, I love being that like mother kind of figure. I always call my little e-board, my familia, like my little kids. Because they are like super younger than me. A bunch of babies on the board. Exactly. Half are freshmen. That's crazy, actually. I mean, good for them. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it just means that you're like such a great leader that they feel like welcome to reach out to you and like they feel supported. Like that makes the biggest difference in them having a successful e-board semester. Yeah, definitely. Like they also come to me about like personal things and like, oh, like you should come to, you know, my game or my sorority thing or my other club that I'm a part of because they, they really value what I think of them, what I say. And just like that overall um, presence, that overall presence. Okay, well, now that you're a senior, I know this question is scary, but I just wanted to ask you, um, what is your end goal, career-wise and personal-wise? Ooh, 
I mean, we could break it down. <laughs> but I do want to know. I'm curious. Uh, being a senior is scary because, especially <laughs> if you're going to grad school, it's just like, dang, I got to get a job, huh, Josh? Yeah, yeah. Me, me and Val talked for a long time this weekend about our lives and our career goals, and just feel so old. You know, going back to what Chastity you said, like you see people on LinkedIn, I see so many of the seniors. Like, I just want to say I got this new position at this company. I'm so grateful that I'm full time at this company, and I'm just like, wow, I don't have anything. <laughs> you know that's something that a lot of people don't really talk about because I always thought like once I was a senior I would have a job like lined up booked ready to go so it's like oh dang like I don't have that yet Ugh, it's scary I think something that helped me put it into perspective was just a couple of weeks ago my professor in one of my classes one of my marketing classes there's about 40, 50 kids in there. And he asked everyone to raise their hands who had a job lined up uh, after school because he was bringing people in, uh, recruiters in. And about maybe like seven, 10 kids raised their hands. And so I feel like a lot of, a lot of the students here, they don't have uh, anything lined up yet, but if there's any seniors out there listening, I would say right now is the best time to apply. Because a lot of jobs are, they're reaching out really fast and they're going, um, doing interviews and it's a really good time to be doing that. But if you can also be proactive as well and do it way earlier, that's also a good thing to do. <laughs> I mean, my career goal is hopefully I'm in the entertainment industry and I work for the Walt Disney Company. I've always been saying that. So hopefully one day it manifests into something real. Uh, what about you, Josh? What's your end goal? Right now, I'm, uh, I'm interviewing with Neiman Marcus. Uh, it's a fashion retailer. And I actually just completed two interviews with them today, and I think they went really well. So short term, I hope I can work for them. Um, long term, uh, I hope to own my own business one day, I think. Maybe run my own ad agency. So we'll see, though. It's yeah. always changing, always changing. Yes. And then for personal, oof, I don't know about that. <laughs> Definitely, I guess just being happy, you know, and maybe that is marriage, kids. Maybe that's not, you know, we'll find out one day. But, you know, personally, I just think as long as I'm happy with myself, that's all that matters. That's a, that's a beautiful sentiment. I think if, uh, everyone could just, you know, be happy with themselves. That'd be great. It's just easier. Just live a, a happy, healthy life. <laughs> Definitely easier said than done, but we all have to work on our self-love sometimes. Absolutely. I have another question. Okay, yeah. It's a little bit of a switch, but I was just thinking like for myself, I started at ASU as a business exploratory major. So it was kind of like undecided. And they didn't give me many resources to decide it. They kind of just emailed me like three semesters in. They're like, by the way, you need to declare your major like right now. And I was like, okay, I'll just declare it, I guess. But I don't like I haven't taken the classes to know whether I like it or not. 
So starting at a community college, do you think that gave you more opportunity or like time to explore before committing to one? Or like, did you always know that you wanted to do marketing? Like how, what was your journey with that? I mean, personally, I always knew I wanted to do marketing, but I do believe community college does give you the freedom to, you know, take classes, especially in your first year. Like maybe I do want to do this or you want to explore like different electives. Um, but I knew from the get-go I wanted to be a marketing major. And when I first transferred, I was actually business communication. And there was always this bad stigma of, you know, oh, communication majors, you're always getting a BA. Um, so then I ended up taking the portfolio and I submitted my portfolio so I could change it to BS because my high school ACT did not require did not meet the requirement and yeah so that's why I wanted to change it to a BS degree yeah I was just gonna say I feel like it definitely gives you a lot of time to like think about your like major or whatever you want to do in your future because when I when I graduated high school I didn't know what I wanted to do I I feel like I just chose business because that's what my sister did so so I feel like community college also helps you in like viewing all the majors you have and I feel like whenever you're at you are at university it's like you feel like you're not in a rush so you have to be like you see around you and you're like like I'm falling behind so you just want to run faster you know and I feel like that community college um environment gives you that like peace and time to like think more thorough about like your future I'm sorry, Josh. Go on. Oh, that's okay. I was um, I was just gonna ask if it was hard to get into the WP Carey School of Business, you know, as someone from community college, because uh, I feel like for me as a, as a first year student, it was relatively easy. But I don't know how it is uh, as a transfer student. So there is like different requirements for transfer students. I don't know the exact ones anymore but they were a lot more lenient um which was very surprising um in terms of like gpa or just transfer credits i knew like in high school you had to have a specific number a specific gpa to get a certain major and i just didn't have that so i went to community college not only for that but also i just didn't have the resources i didn't have the money to come to a four-year you know school my dad he was like you could go to a four-year school but I'm gonna have to work two jobs to you know support that and I just felt really guilty so I was just like you know what I don't want to hurt my family in like more loans and debt and in the end you know on the long run it's gonna it's gonna benefit me you know I don't have to pay as much in student loans if I were to come here as a freshman I'll probably have like maybe 20,000 than I do already. Uh, okay, just to, just to close off, but, um, our goal for this podcast is to like at least reach out or reach to at least one person because I don't, I don't want like to get like a thousand views or like 10k views, you know, I, I mean, we hope we do, right? But <laughs> our goal is just to like reach at least one people and that one people can relate to our experiences 
So if one of our listeners is a coming from a community college, what advice would you give that student? So like if that person wants to transfer to university, but is like scared or on doing that or feels like insecure? I feel like if I were to go back in time to tell my transfer self something, it would definitely be, hey, it's okay. You don't have to be good at everything. Because like I said, you come in very insecure, don't have any experience, you meet other people that do. Obviously you have to start somewhere and it's okay if you start at the bottom as a junior, because at the end of the day, one day you'll be in that position. And I feel like I'm evidence, you know, I'm the president, you know, I've never really heard of a transfer being president, not that I know of. Um, but if you were to tell me when after my first HBSA meeting, just being like this, Ooh, I don't know what's happening, transfer, you know, girl, like, oh, you know that girl, Gabby? She's president, you're gonna be her one day. I would have never believed you because of the insecurity, the doubts that I had. I'm like, no, I'd never be that. I would just tell her like, it's okay. Like, you don't have to be good at everything, but one day you will. And you just have to believe in yourself. Hey, Valerie Pioneer. <laughs> um, thank you so much, Valerie. I feel like we are all really proud of you from being like getting out there and just being yourself and you're doing really good as a president it's so sad that the semester is almost over it's crazy how the semester passed really fast but you did a really good job as a president and coming from a community college you represent those students as like in that community so we're all proud of you and thank you so much for you to like for your time and coming to this episode I don't know if you want to say something else before closing. I just want to thank you guys, everybody, for letting me be on the podcast. Like I said, I was very excited when I first did it, but it never aired. <laughs> <laughs> but now I come back as a president and I feel it's very rewarding. Um, and I want to thank all the listeners out there, all the members. You know, I hope this touched, like, I, like Armando said, at least one person, because it only takes one person to change somebody's life. So true. I mean, thank you so much, Valerie. And Ooh, thank you, Valerie. Yay. Call the people listening. Don't forget to follow our social media. Valerie was the VP of marketing. So I'm going to test you, Valerie. Do you remember our ads of our social media? Yes. You can follow HBSA on Instagram at HBSA ASU, Twitter, HBSA underscore ASU. TikTok, HBSA, ASU. Um, we don't have the t Facebook anymore. <laughs> <laughs> RIP Facebook. We're working on that. Did I pass? Yeah, you did pass. Okay. Thank you so much, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Val. Bye.